Welcome back to another episode of the Witty Banter Show. I am your host, Max Scott. With me today, as always, looking great, by the way. Your hair is like perfectly disheveled, Chase Williams. You're looking good over there. I had a hat on and it got very greasy. Oh, man. Sometimes that's just the right look, though, man. It's just like a nice little. I wake up sometimes, I don't shower, and then like halfway through the day, Darian's like, you've got the perfect amount of mess going. Yeah, I know. I planned it that way. Yeah. But you can never recreate it whenever you want it. Uh, kind of like fine. how, but we can recreate the magic on the show, you and me, you know, because we've been riding Every solo. Week. Just you and me for a little bit. Hunter is uh, bogged down with a little bit of accounting, but that's okay. You know, we've been making a little bit more of a, a bro jivey talk between the two of us recently. It's been right. a lot of fun. Yeah, this is going to be episode number 137. Seven? 38. 38. 138. Yep. Of course, uh, and we, it's been a pretty packed week, man. A pretty impactful week for the both of us. Very important Definitely. week for us, for sure. Uh, a few things happened. We got DBZ coming out, of course, DBFZ, of course. We've been talking about it for fucking, you know, a year or so. Evo Japan happened, so we're going to be kind of spitballing about those two things for a little bit for the episode. A lot of spitballing with you, Max. I think you've mentioned spitballing the past, that's three episodes now. I mean, yeah. is there, is that the that's go-to? Just, that's just how what I feel. We talk to each other, you know, it's most it's sometimes it's talking, sometimes it's just spitting in each other's directions, you know? Yeah. I mean, that seems to be kind of juvenile. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but it's going to be pretty cool. So but before we kind of dive into that, uh, you were telling me that you're researching a little whiskey that you're drinking today. Yeah. So I figured we'd go ahead and get back on the whiskey train. I'll keep it brief. We'll keep my full thoughts towards the end because we got a lot to get. To, we got a lot to get to. But I'm drinking the Ardbeg. Cory Vecrican. It's kind of hard to say. That and sounds like I, a, a spell. <laughs> I'm pretty sure you just cursed me. I'm pretty sure. It does sound like a spell. Yeah. The Ardbeg Cory Corivrecken? Corivrecken. That's got to be it. Corivrecken. They're going to be yeah. listening to this show, right? Because I'm going to tag them. I said them it in three times. It, so like, whatever it is, is, is probably came in. Yeah, it's came into reality at this point. Yeah, of course. Uh, it's a single malt, single malt scotch whiskey. And every time I hear people mention Ardbeg, they just say that like it's the peatiest it can possibly get. And peat is something that I hear thrown around when talking about scotches often. And I think it's something that's kind of hard to understand if you don't. If you're if you're on the outside looking in, so hopefully I can clear a little bit of that up. But yeah, I'm drinking this one to figure out like what is the most intense scotch taste like yeah. as told by scotch drinkers. You know, is peat not just synonymous with like smoky flavor, or am I am I wrong about that? Yeah, I mean, I guess we could just fucking go through it real quick. I mean, no, essentially I mean, yeah. there is like a layer of dead vegetation in Scotland that's like three meters thick, just tight generations of uh like i don't know i guess fucking grass and other produce and stuff that's just been packed down and dead for ages and they like literally burn this stuff for fuel um and they just and and since it's it's moss basically it's just like dead grass and shit they'll burn it to dry the grain that they use to distill the um scotch from and so However much smoke they basically fill the room with is how smoky and intense the peat flavor comes in. Wow, that's actually a really awesome and metal definition, so that's pretty cool. I'm into that. It's pretty rad. 
It's a pretty rad. Um, but yeah, yeah, Max, I gotta admit, dude, I'm into this. I'm excited for this episode because I think you and I were talking about it. Uh, whenever Hunter's out here, we just always divulge into fighting game talk. Of course. And I think the idea now at this point is, if you and I had started our own podcast, it would be a fighting game podcast. So while you and I are at the helm, we're just we're diving, we're going head first into it. This is basically. A fighting game show at this point, right? I mean, at this point, yeah. I mean, it's it's a combination of our interest and just the timing of these episodes. I mean, this is probably one of the most important times for fighting games is like right at this moment right now. Right. Yeah. But before we like really dive into that, it's still the same show. So we got to make sure we say this is witty banter. Boop. Uh, on the note of you and me, just like when it's just you and me and we talk about fighting games, you know Hunter is supposed to be playing this too, but all I've heard from him was that one single text message that he gave me, which yeah. was just him <laughs> with a picture of his screen saying, like, I'm ready, boys, or something, and he's like downloading DBFZ, and I'm like, oh, fucking sick, dude. Let's right. play some games, and I never heard from him. That was it. It was like a never fart heard in the wind. Again, that was nothing. Apparently, that's what he meant. He was just like, I'm just downloading. I'm not going to play it, but he's just downloading it right now. Who knows, dude? Maybe this is all big ruse, and he's just developing his tech. Yeah, he fucking quit his job. He doesn't do accounting anymore. He's just playing DBFZ right now as we talk. Yeah, Um, but it did drop finally. Um, We had a chance to play the beta before, but this time we actually have our chance to actually get our hands on it and actually get a good grasp of how the combo system works. And let me tell you, the game is a lot of fucking fun. The game has yeah. just been the only thing I can think about since it's dropped right now, which has been I just can't believe awesome. that it's here. Like you said before, we've been talking about this game for a little less than a year. Yeah. And um, it blows my mind that we're actually playing it now and that we're actually recording this episode to kind of give the listeners a review of it. Yeah. Um, a lot of the reviews I've been reading online are very much catering to like a wider gaming audience where they spend a lot of time talking about story mode and blah, blah, blah. And I think you and I are going to be more so are going to be focusing more on like the aspects of the game that we find the most important, which is the combo system, um, how like the training mode looks, multiplayer, and all that. So we're going to try to go through a quick list over our thoughts about the game, Um, and I'm I'm excited to get into it. I I am the same way, man. I it's all that I think about. and I'm totally in love with it, so let's fucking jump right in. Let's jump right in. So the first thing that I want to say is that we open it up, and it's got a very unique lobby system. You know, you got a little lobby avatar, which I do appreciate. I do like the lobby avatar thing. I do like getting to run around as some of my favorite, more <laughs> obscure characters. I was lucky enough to get myself Jace as my one of my avatar character to run around. Uh, cool. But it is, I would be remiss if I didn't just mention the fact that it's fairly convoluted the lobby system is definitely I'm saying this first because there's a lot of really great things about this game. Obviously this game is really good, but this is kind of the one only elephant in the room as of right now is that it's kind of complicated. And it's not just to say that, you know, the online has problems because I think that that's kind of expected with a new fighting game at this point. Um, And I don't necessarily like, you know, I have a pretty high, tolerance for that kind of thing you know i mean i think it's hard yeah right it's not it's a tough thing to do and everything needs to be frame perfect in a fighting game which you know you can get away with a lot of stuff in different types of games uh but just this sort of like the lobby system is kind of designed in this form of uh it almost kind of reminds me of like an early 90s computer game in the fact that it's like unnecessarily divided up into these weird lobby systems and it's like unnecessarily archaic in the design of trying to just play with your friend which is yeah. just been kind of so tricky. 
this was one thing I was most worried about mm-hmm. um, before the game was going to launch was whether or not it would be as obtuse as it was in Guilty Gear. And of in course. Guilty Gear, it's actually even a little bit easier, which yeah. is really saying something because Guilty, <laughs> Guilty Gear's Gear was, process yeah, of getting a into a game with, yeah. with your friends, yeah, mm-hmm. it's super annoying. And so mm-hmm. in, in this game, essentially, you have to you have to be in the you have to pick the same lot like it divides the the world into like four different zones mm-hmm. you have to pick the same zone as your friend then you have to pick the same region as your friend then you have to pick one out of like 24 lobbies and you have to pick mm-hmm. the same one and then once you're in that lobby you have to create a room with a password so no one else joins <laughs> and give your friend that password and they have to go physically find you in the lobby and join your room yes and so what what joining a match ends up sounding like is okay i'm in u.s west coast one i'm in first arena match number seven i mm-hmm. am standing over by this building and the password is 077 you know yeah. it's just like <laughs> it's that's like, that's absurd <laughs> yeah, we yeah, absolutely. should be able to just send each other invites right and i think it is important to point out that this is a major um it's just a quality of life thing that yeah. everybody is feeling the pressure of. Yeah. I do think that the reason why it is this way is because all of that infrastructure was created and already ready to go. And this is probably a reason why they're able to release the game so quickly is because they already had it. Mm-hmm. I do hope that the fact that they have a big publisher like Bandai Namco and they clearly hear that people want this yeah. change, that they will eventually bring it. Yeah, um, we just have to be a little patient. But I will say their netcode seems fucking fantastic. Yes. So far, true. every time I play a match with someone who has like two bars to, to the maximum bars, the frame lag is usually two to four, which yeah. is to me like if I get four frames of lag in Guilty Gear Online, I'm I'm golden. I feel perfect. Yeah, of course. And the fact that like we're consistently hitting two to four mm-hmm. is really impressive. Yeah. No, no, no. I agree with that, too. Like playing the actual game does I mean, it feels great when I finally get into a match. It's it's smooth. Um, I like how it posts the frame data right on the top there. Um, I haven't really had a problem with that so far, which is it's you know. I, and I do think that down the line they do have the capacity to to toy with this a little bit, uh, make it a little bit more probably simplify it just a tad bit. On that note, I do kind of want to also bring up the training mode situation as well. Have you gotten like, have you looked into the training mode? quite a bit have you used it or utilized a lot of the functions i know going into this you were kind of telling me that you were hoping that it had a lot of the same options that street fighter had and while i have been training and stuff on my own i haven't really looked at how in depth the training mode goes into so yeah i think there's a few snags it's not as good so what i think street fighter does best and what makes it so good and unique is that you can record up to six slots. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, let's say I'm playing against a dummy, like a Ryu. In yeah. one slot, I can record him throwing a fireball. Another one, I can record him just, like, doing an overhead. And I can, like, record these six different things, mm-hmm. and I can tell the computer to play through them on random. Yeah. So I can essentially create a scenario where I'm having to guess and react against a computer that I've created. And to me, that's awesome. Yeah, that's great. Um, this one doesn't have tools that are that extensive, but it still has pretty extensive tools. You're able to record... Um, another, you're, you're able to record actions really quickly and seamlessly and play Mm -hmm. them. You can put them in a variety of situations where they're blocking in certain, uh, stances or jumping or doing, uh, certain just, uh, there's a lot of variation between what you can make the dummy do. And so I think, I think if you compare it to street fighter, which we should, because street fighter, I think has the best, it doesn't live up to it, but I think it is 
far above average in what yeah. it does offer. Like it meets the modern standards of what a competitive fighter you would expect out of the training mode. Because I have seen a lot of people like talk down on the training mode for whatever reason and say that they really want Bandai to, or uh, Arc Systems Works to come back through and like patch it and give them everything they want. But I didn't see what details they were talking about, and I haven't noticed them myself personally. So, But yeah, maybe they are just kind of talking about reaching that standard a little bit. Um, on the other note of training, I do kind of want to talk about the combo challenges as well because I think that you right. and I feel the same way about them, uh, that they are pretty much arbitrary at this point when it really comes mm -hmm. down to actually learning how to play even just like the base level of how you play the game online doesn't seem to follow how these combos or challenges work nor do they really give you a good idea of how the character themselves yeah what the character is, is about capable or what of. it can do yeah. uh, i mean just to start off with for some reason the first two of every single person's trials are the, or combo challenges are just the auto combos which are self-explanatory yep. already. And then after that, I believe it's like two to three of just moves, like, you know, Kamehameha or, you know, Masenko's and stuff like that. And then after that, you kind of get these very, very simple, just, you know, like, just basic pop-up combos for whatever reason. I think the very last one usually includes a jump cancel, which is right. okay. But still, I don't think it really properly demonstrates, like, the, the capacity of what these characters can do. It and doesn't it, show you what, what makes a character unique, right? Like no, in Guilty all. Gear, all of the different combo challenges is like, here's what this fucking character does yeah. and why he's different, he or she is different than the entire mm -hmm. roster. And in this one, it's just like, it's not this, it's, that's not the case at all. And I was very disappointed because like with Guilty Gear, you have, I think, 30 challenges per player. Oh, yeah. And in this game, you only have 10. And mm -hmm. like you said, it's not until the final one that they give you something that's just the the least bit not basic. Yeah, know? right, exactly. That one thing that include that one aspect of the character that they might do uniquely. And even then, it really doesn't teach you what I think is the most difficult part of learning combos in a game like this, which I think you and I have been experiencing, is just learning how to extend combos past the point of, like, just that basic level, right? Which is what I mm -hmm. think, which is what I was kind of hoping for in this game because it is catered to bringing not only just a mainstream audience in, but also like giving them exposure to like competitive fighters. Right. Right. So I do wish that, and then I do wish that it maybe included some form of like utilizing assists in some way. I think that would have been, yeah, that'd have been nice to it. Even if it was just a random assist it gave you, it would still just show you that like, if you knock them down into somebody who has like a beam assist, then you can probably get a pop-up afterwards or something like that. Just something to help yeah. that aspect of it. Cause that is definitely a challenging part about getting into the, uh, the game. I feel like we've been kind of shitting on it so far, but that's well, we, really it. We, you know, <laughs> yeah, that's we really need the to, only We problem. need to go yeah. ahead and put the negatives out there. I do think that there are some negatives, and uh -huh. they do exist. But um, yeah. no, I mean, from this point forward, it's going to be just gushing praise. So <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's it. All right, okay, we got it out of the way. We started off with it. The rest of this game is fucking really good, dude. And I this for the first time ever playing a fighting game. I have legitimately gone into it thinking like I don't know who to play and I'm a week into it and honestly at this yeah. point like still I don't know. know who to play. I wish it was a I nine no on idea. nine game because that's like the only way I could really decide on my characters right now. I've definitely you know, I've definitely, you know, gravitated towards some more than others, but I mean dude, I don't know. I mean it's just been such an experience trying to figure out all these different nuances and combos past what just like the magic series of stuff that you can do with each character, which is the first thing that you learn, yeah. like the whole little 
down medium and to pop up and to jump cancel and to hit him back down for a knockdown. The first time you get one little thing that's like, oh, you can throw a fireball in right here and it juggles them for just a second longer so you can get this special move on top of it. And you're just like, that looks fucking awesome, man. Yeah, so some yeah. of these combos just feel so fucking good to do, man. It just feels The amazing. neutral in this game feels fantastic. Mm -hmm. I think the neutral is incredibly like complicated and there's a lot of tension in the neutral because these combos get big quick. Oh, yeah. You know, like since you have three characters, you can essentially you can expect to like do 50 to 30 percent damage on a normal bread and butter combo because like, yeah, you have a lot of life to work with when you consider all three of your characters. Right. I would say, and, yeah, with like a handful of meter and some assists, it takes about two combos to like really kill a character when you're competent. Yeah. And big them. combos. Yeah. Like yeah, big you got to you got to yeah. kind of know what you're doing. But yeah, you can you can get in there and get in deep. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and like, I don't know. For I, I totally lost my train of thought. No, oh. but <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Um. Fuck, man. Where was I? Help me, Max. <laughs> oh no, no, no. Um. Yeah, I don't really know what you were going to say, but it does. When we're talking about the neutral, there's a lot of things to consider the while neutral. you're in that right. in that part, right? You have to. What I've kind of figured out is that there is a difference between like being in the air versus being grounded and what that really means mm -hmm. for your characters. And I was definitely coming into it with a guilty gear mindset thinking that like air dashing and like kind of learning how to double jump into the air and like movement in the air was super important when in this game that can kind of get you into, you have way more defensive options when you're grounded, which is what makes it yeah. a little bit more challenging to dash around in the air or to stay in the air. Right. Because at this point in the game, at this meta in the game, that's definitely that's usually a sign of somebody who is, you know, maybe abusing super dash or just jumping for the sake of movement, which will end up getting you pretty much worked. Because when you're in the air, you're a lot more susceptible to being super dashed from the ground. You're a lot more susceptible from being too H'd into the air and things like that. So, yeah. I mean, at this point, the neutral just definitely feels like, like you said, it's very high tension. And when you're both just kind of staring at each other and just kind of waiting for an opportunity to get in, like we've kind of talked about before, everything feels very reactable, but there's so yeah. much and it's coming at you in so many different ways. You kind of just feel like you're eventually going to be opened up. So you'd want to get out of the situations that you're in, which is usually somebody being on your fucking ass, which is yeah. my street fighter mentality has always been to like the what's negative and what's positive kind of stuff. And like mm -hmm. how I can interrupt combos and stuff like that. When I think in this game, it's a lot more about just never getting, letting somebody be on top of you. And if they do get on top of you, what are your options to get out rather than yeah, to get turn it around, which has been right. my other mentality of like, you know, them there's cause there's really not a whole lot of risk when it comes to getting in on somebody given the assist system and given how you can kind of cover your tracks and how it's a guilty gear game. So a lot of things are cancelable and stuff like that. So, so yeah, yeah. I, mean, I mean, I'm just curious when it comes to the actual core combo system and the differences between all of the characters, how do you feel about the variety of the characters and how they play? There is like a base level sameness between them all, but I have found that like that magic series really only works for like a third of the cast. You know, I would say it's more than a third. I would say that a third of the cast can't really use it, um, which is great. Because you have character, and even ones that you don't expect, like I might get in there and play as 16 or play as Nappa or play as, you know, maybe these more obscure, like Beerus or somebody, and they maybe have just small changes in their moves that make it to where you don't, you know, maybe get the hard knockdown or whatever afterwards. Um, but I think that 
it also even goes off the characters that I didn't expect. Like even playing characters like Yamcha, like Yamcha doesn't play like anybody else in the series or in the game at all, which has been mm-hmm. awesome. And it makes it very much so like you really have to sit down with each individual characters and kind of figure that out. And I think it's good that they do that because it helps break like it helps break the habit of just recycling everything that you do with every character because that's going to get you in trouble in this game eventually. It just doesn't work that well in a game mm-hmm. like this. So, I mean, I was, I was, you know, I think originally, like everybody, I kind of thought that things looked a little samey, but I also definitely took it with a grain of salt knowing that this is like the first day part one, of the game. Yeah. This is day one. And everybody thought thinks that about every single game that comes out, right? Because it just takes time to, you know, get tech out. And if it didn't, the game wouldn't be very good. You know, if you yeah. figured everything out in the first day, then what's the fun of even playing the game? So... I think as time yeah, goes I mean, on, I, yeah, you just and I just looking at other people's combos. I'm already looking at oh other people playing God. and be like, dude, how like I wouldn't have even ever thought to do that. It's or like how does that even work? Yeah, already, absolutely, dude. Like the way that people are already coming out with these combo videos that are just insane. <laughs> I'm just like, fuck, what am I doing? You know, yeah, I'm right. over here just scooting on by with what I already know. Like, I feel like there's already a pressure for me to con- con- like consistently like be working on my game and like what I do now is I just set the the um the dummy to block on everything and I just I just figure out how to constantly pressure a blocking person because I feel like that's where the game is and like dude there's some fucking insane mix-ups already mm-hmm. like if you use Piccolo's assist which throws out one of the hell grenades and oh, it just like yeah. floats over right on top of them and then yeah. if you just jump in the air and cross them up while that happens like I saw this guy every time he did it. He got he got he converted. He got the off, hit off of you it. Know? Yeah, 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 yeah. No, absolutely. Uh, that being said, though, from I've been taking very special care to not get frustrated in this game. Like we kind of talked about that earlier today about the idea of like being salty, and we kind of get salty for fun. But at the end of the day, I do want to like just stop and understand that I am not very good at this game yet, and that mm-hmm. if I'm getting beat by something, there's probably a way around it. And I just don't see yeah. it. And I already, even yesterday, was playing against this these these people. I was playing against somebody who was playing against Kid Boo. And I swear to God, when I was playing, I was just like, I don't know what to do. I am getting destroyed. Right. I don't know anything at all. But I just after I lost twice to the guy, I went back and I watched the replays and I just like sat down and paid attention to it, not from being in the moment, but actually analyzing what yep. was going on. And it was just way easier to look at it and be like, Well, okay he was finishing his combo and after he was done with the combo, he was still slightly in the air. So when he hit me again, he was actually hitting me overhead and I was getting opened up yeah. there. So just recognize that every time you play kid boo now, and then that's, then that move's going to be like completely obsolete for that guy. So right. I think you just got to, you know, take a second to really look at some of these things. Cause like I said before, a lot of this stuff is very reactable. And also from what I've seen in this game, there's a pretty good amount of like, cross-up protection in the game which is kind of strange but is also probably pretty good given how crazy the games can eventually get so it may not be as overwhelming as we all think and it will probably start focusing back to that neutral like you were talking about before instead of yeah i just i've loved the neutral so far to me all of the games i've played in rank i've done very well because you and i grinded out so many matches when the first game came out so we got to get an understanding of how to play Mm -hmm. and i just let people hang themselves in neutral and i play um, Frieza, who is a zoner, very yeah. keep out kind of character, and I just frustrate people until they want to super dash all day, and then I just blow them up for it. Right? Yeah, and of it course. feels super satisfying. I'm sure that'll carry me a little bit in ranked until it doesn't anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, I guess to finish up on the combo system, like, is there anything else worth mentioning about how this game plays in particular that's unique 
um, from other games that you feel is worth mentioning. I, I think that the reflect mechanic is really cool. I think mm-hmm. it's a like a command parry, essentially, that you can break people's block strings with. So if you're a very observant player, you can really be throwing it, that in a lot. Yeah. Um, I think they made a lot of interesting choices, like making Vanish plus on block. Yeah, that, that is very I don't strange, think seem obvious awesome. at first, but are going to very much um, set the pace for the kind of play that this game allows. I think the fact that you can super dash from anywhere. I think just think the super dash is cool. It's a fun mechanic, mm-hmm. uh, and it it's very much a part of the character of the game. And Dragon Rush is great. I think it's great that you can combo into grabs, right? Like, because yeah. then with Dragon Rush, it makes there. There's been times where, even playing with you or even or playing online, it's just like the moment I know that they want to switch a character, I just look for it. And every time they yeah. sw- they do that hard switch, I blow them up with yeah. the two H, and then I instantly look for the opening for a Dragon Rush so I can snap them back. And like, yeah. I love how much resource management and awareness this game requires to be high level. Um, And that's another thing that I'm looking forward to in growing as a fighting game player is like not only managing my meter and managing my assist, but managing their meter and their assist as well. Right. Exactly. I mean, like you said, it's not so much, I mean, about the damage that you do in combos. While it is important, it's looking for stuff like that because that's an instant, not just a punish on the next character coming in, but you punish the guy that's going out because you bring them back in and you just tear away all that blue health that they had, making yeah. them 100% useless, right? And I think things like, yeah, just like the hard switch and all that kind of stuff is going to definitely be just one of those tells of, you know, a newer player to the game. Um, and, yeah, I mean, you kind of hit it on the head there. I mean, it's going to be about... That four snapback being zero bars is going to be very important. Um, and all this the reflect being frame one reflect is pretty important as well. Um, it yep. makes it like a pretty much a pretty much a get out of jail free. Not get out of jail free, but like it's one of those things that you don't realize you have in your arsenal that then you'll then be looking for as a person going against somebody who has it and then start really developing the meta around that as we go forward. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Man. Well, so. I mean, I think the last I know that you really want to talk about this game's impact on the FGC at large. So I think to finish up our kind of review, um, I just want to talk about the presentation. You know, you had mentioned that you think it's the greatest looking game fighting game ever made. Yeah. Which definitely. I think is a really big statement. Um, I think maybe like KOF 13 is another game that you can kind of mention in the same breath. But yeah. it's hard to argue against that because I really do think that this game is beautiful in motion and. You know, it's only week one, but I've seen already quite a few of like the destructive finishes or the stage transitions. I just cannot get enough of them. Like I love trying to end my combos in ways that trigger these cinematics. I love all of the Easter eggs that are in the game where like if you get it, if you kill Vegeta with Cell, it basically replays what happens in the, the anime yeah. and things like that. It's just like this team has perfected their game engine and the fact that we get Dragon Ball Fighters as the game that is sort of like the magnum opus for that is I just feel so lucky. I can't believe that history aligned itself in this way, you know. <laughs> yeah, no, I I agree. I think that it's as a like positionally as a fighting game, it is probably the most important fighting game to come out since like maybe Street Fighter 4, and Street Fighter 4 is resurgence of the fighting game community, and being the fact that the fighting game community was already present, 
this does two things. One, it unifies everything that's going on in the fighting game community because everybody feels to be interested, which is very important. And then two, it brings a lot of mainstream publicity into the game as well. Like they were showing all the numbers for the people online and it just trounced the second degree. I believe the second was Tekken 7 and it just trounced the amount of players that were playing Tekken 7. And Tekken 7 right. was considering it or is considered a booming success in the fighting game community, right? So that's very important to note that a lot of people are just becoming exposed to fighting games in general and then also competitive fighting games as a format for the future, which makes it yeah. very important as it gets eyes on it, as it becomes more of an, like, you know, a professional esports driven profession with more sponsorships and things driven behind it as well. Um, I just, yeah, I mean, that's really all I wanted to say about it that there's going to be plenty of people coming in. And if you are listening to the show and you are interested, in playing, please let us know, and we will be more than happy to work as advocates to helping you learn and develop and becoming a part of the community and how cool it, it can really be to be to play fighting games and how awesome fighting games are. It's it's amazing yeah. that it's here to help demonstrate that through a vessel that is, you know, already as awesome as Dragon Ball Z. So yeah, right, yeah, and I mean, and just to add on to that, like I was looking through the Dragon Ball Z subreddit, and there's players who are like. I've never played a fighting game before. I just want to let you guys know that I just landed my first combo finally online and mm -hmm. it feels so good. And like you see these people who are, are being introduced to the mentality, who are seeing the return on their effort. And there was a guy who had a screenshot and it was his record online and it was in ranked. He had 203 losses and he got his first win. Damn. And he was like, I'm posting this here because I've never felt so good about something. And that right there is the attitude. Yeah. Like if you are willing if, if you are here, like fighting games are very much like you're going to get what you put into them. And I'm not saying that you're going to have to lose 200 times before you are able to enjoy it. But the fact that that person was so compelled to play that long, like we should all look at that with admiration because that's the attitude to have. Like to stick around and lose 203 times and not get discouraged because like you are there to get better. And when you finally do feeling that elation because of it, like that is what we should all be striving for, you know? And I, I, I share your sentiment that I think that this, this game could be a gateway for a lot of people to get involved in that mindset in this competitive play that has honestly brought all of our friends together. Like yeah. it's at the point now where Cole, Hopped into fighting games. Now Brady's interested. Cole's friend Riley has gotten interested. Mm -hmm. More people are playing, and it has brought us all together to the point where it's like I don't really want to play other fighting or other video games. Like yeah. I'd rather just hang out with my best my best friends and shoot the shit about the new tech that we're seeing and 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 be unified and watching tournaments and, and things like that. And it's just an infectious an infectious mode of play, an infectious genre that stands on its own. You yeah. know? No, absolutely, I agree. It's nice to see, yeah, people start really understanding that feeling. Um, yeah, I mean, that's that's pretty much all I have to say about Dragon Ball Fighters at this point. Um, five out of ten, you know, hope they can get it right next time. Yeah, you know, I'm really, really hoping for that patch that's going to be really, today. Yeah, absolutely. No, really great game. Please go out and try it out. I'm sure this won't be the last that you hear us talk about it for sure. Uh, but let's go ahead and let's take a break for a little bit, come back and talk about another very important fighting game-related subject that happened this weekend. Let's do it. 
If you want to keep up with the show after the microphones have turned off, be sure to follow us on social media by searching Witty Banter Show on Twitter and Instagram and liking us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Witty Banter Podcast. Want to steer the conversation or be a part of the show? Just go on down to wittybantershow.com and leave us a suggestion for a beer or a question for us to answer on the show. And if you like what we're doing and you want to support the cause, head on over to iTunes and leave a review and feel free to share it with your friends. Let's get back to it. All right, we're back. Uh, just got done talking a little bit about a little bit of Dragon Ball Fighters, but something else really important happened this weekend, and that was the first ever Evo Japan. I had no idea that it was Chase. the first until after it was over, man. Yeah, Chase, this is pretty important. This is a very foundational Evo to have happened because now there's going to be two Evos every year, which I'm always One, a fan of. Yeah. I love to watch high profile fighting game tournaments. So the more the merrier. And it's going to be two different types of two different metas, man. Like the idea that Evo in held in Las Vegas in America was, you know, probably considered the biggest fighting game tournament of the year. Right. Uh, obviously, it being in America made it a little bit trickier for some foreign and international players to get over, mm -hmm. right? But they usually, you know, if they were going to come out to a tournament, that was usually the one to come check out. This one being held in Japan, in Japan being the haven of the fighting game, like, community Dude. when it comes to expertise I mean, and execution seeing changes the game quite a bit. Yeah, my like, friend. seeing the arcades in Japan is another big reason why I became so yeah, you know. dedicated to, to, the, to this genre this year. Like, after seeing an entire floor full of Japanese people who are playing every different like every game imaginable, whether they were like 55 years old in a business suit or like a very young, um, a young person getting in there for the first time. I was like, this is incredible. This is infectious. I wish I had access to this kind of thing. And mm -hmm. when the, when the majority of the crowd then becomes those people because they don't have to travel to the United States, you're right, man. It's, it's like you get to see an entirely new field. It's like watching a new league, you know. Now we Absolutely. now we have a new league of players who get to showcase themselves on the world stage and like even through Guilty Gear pools and stuff like that. I saw players I've never yeah. seen before who were fucking awesome, you know. Oh yeah, absolutely. Well, it's just a lot of character or players that are like I know a lot of these names that I was seeing, but I never saw them in person because I know them from like, you know, watching you know, the best Ed online or the best whoever online and all these different Japanese players or just other, you know, foreign players from around the same area that were just made it out to Evo Japan that I could finally, you know, put a face to the name and just see how they compared to the competitive scene because sometimes that's not always the same style of fighting and, like, sometimes that affects them differently. Uh, but I think it just kind of goes to show that given the turnout that happened at Evo Japan and given like what the results that happened that it the placement of the tournament is a strong indicator, not indicator of like how the tournament will go, but does influence the results. Cause there are a lot of names that got very high here that you don't often see. And then there are, you know, and there was a lot of really competitive players that came out there from America and from other, other top players from there who also have to consider things like, you know, traveling and that fatigue that comes with like traveling overseas and then having to play and things like that. They have to consider who may not have done as well as they had hoped, which, you know, stinks. And I think a lot of them still did really well, but it was just really awesome to see who did do well this tournament. So yeah. just to kind of go over exactly what happened here. So the top eight, 
Uh, first off, MOV is back. The Chun Li player, yeah. one of my favorites. So this is top one eight of my for Street Fighter Five. Players. Yeah, top eight for Street Fighter Five. Yeah, specifically. Uh, MOV, he was one of two Chun players. The other one being Human Bomb, right. which is a name I haven't heard since 2015 or so when he knocked out Daigo from Capcom Cup or he beat Ka or Daigo the first round of Capcom yeah. Cup a little while back. So it's good to see him back around too as well. This is crazy. Another that guy. Well, I was just going to oh, say, it's crazy that Chun-Li was in there twice because especially with season two, Chun was considered like not competitive at all. And it's cool yeah. to see these players stick with a character despite the patches and the changes. And I just think it usually shows that what is most important isn't the frame data, but it's, it's the mind games. It's the people who are playing, you know, and I, I don't, what do you think is like to see? Well, two yeah. But I mean, it's, it's great to, it's great that they stuck it out for this long. Um, but I mean, MOV has been playing Chun the whole time and MOV was, did really well in season one and then did pretty good in season two. And then is having a strong start of season three. And Chun-Li was really good in season one, not so great in season two, and is a little bit better in season three. So that definitely does influence it a little bit. I think he's given a little bit more of an arsenal yeah. than he did have before. Uh, but it doesn't take anything away from him because he was still going up against other really great players. Uh, for instance, John Takauchi was right. there, the young gun. That guy Super is young so kid. awesome. So he is like 20 years old or something absurd. Uh, but he's a really good Rashid player that made waves uh, in like late 2016, and I didn't really hear too much from him after that. And then now he's kind of back and doing really well. He ended up getting second place, so good for him. Uh, of course, there was Itabashi. Yeah. Uh, normally Itabashi Zangief. Dude. But he was actually repping somebody different this time around, and somebody that you just really hate. You hate Abigail, I think right? Abigail thing. literally makes Street Fighter V like – a more tar like it tarnishes the image of that game. You think so? Yes, I, I think it just embraces the diversity of the cast. Dude, it's one thing to have a big-bodied character, and it's another thing to be like, we're gonna make something absurdly big. But I just think the design is just stupid. You just think he looks creatively bankrupt. He's just a gigantic <laughs> dude in a fucking tank top with tires on his arms. And he looks now, unfair, dude. And that's what I was going to ask you. <laughs> he played against uh, so Storm Kubo, uh, another guy who was in top eight. Oh, yeah. Plays Storm Kubo the other Abigail. Played Tokido. Yeah. And Tokido uh, mm -hmm. did an EX Shoiruken, which, you know, usually of when course. that happens, if you block that, you're going to get a big punish. Yeah. But, at, you know, yeah. and, and, and um, Tokido plays Akuma, who has low life. So you've mm -hmm. also got that. Of and course, Abigail's a yeah. hard hitting player. But for him to, to miss a single. DP and have 60% of his life taken out and lose. It's like, is that for real? Like, are we okay with that? And, not, <laughs> but, but, and also, the, and I want to add one more thing is like the combo yeah, yeah, didn't look that cool. It didn't look that hard. It was just like, oh, okay, now I get to do this, you know? Uh, yeah, yeah, I guess. And I have heard that that combo has gotten easier uh, this time around that he did. There is a very, a strangely frame perfect timing that is required for the back heavy heavy that he does after the after the crush counter. Um, but I think it is, I think people are just looking over the the perfect combination of the fact that he had all of his resources, Tokido uppercutted, so he was gonna get punished hard, and he was playing the lowest life character against the heaviest hitting character. I mean, like what 
other situation would that ever happen in? That wouldn't happen the same way with if he was playing against somebody with a little bit better health, like Ryu even, or somebody. It wouldn't have looked as devastating. It still would have been pretty bad. But that's also just something that you have to consider when you're playing against Abigail. I think that, one, it has to be taken into consideration that this is the first like really big major that involves AE. Not a whole lot of people know a bunch about the new system mechanics and the new changes and stuff yet. So you need to give it a little bit of time. Does Abigail look pretty pretty good this season? Yeah, he does. He does look really great, but I think that he's so one-dimensional as a character that it's not going to be a problem. And I think that the the beauty of that game was that you just saw Tokido lose twice and go, fuck that. Yeah. No, and I'm not going to make those fucking mistakes again. And he just beats him. Right. And he beat him because he just stopped playing – like he just put all of his effort into playing as safely as possible, mm-hmm. and when he did that, he just destroyed Storm Kubo because Storm Kubo is playing a character that it's maybe not like the hardest to open somebody up, but a character that you need to take a lot of risks to try to get somebody to get opened up, and then he just ended up getting yeah. opened up himself. So yeah, uh, you had those two in there. Of course, you had Daigo doing very well, getting third, which is great. Yep, I good love to see that. Daigo I'm glad go. Daigo is doing um, well. And we got a we got a match between Daigo and Tokido, which I think is one of like the golden opportunities oh, yes. of Street Dude, Fighter. For sure. Everyone when wants that to that see. When that got set up, I was so stoked. Yeah, everybody wants to see those two go together because Tokido is basically like Daigo's like pupil in a large way. You know, they're close friends. Mm-hmm. They're they're kind of seen on like equal. Uh, playing fields and so that was a fantastic set i was a little i was i think it was great that tokido beat or i mean that daigo beat tokido uh i did not expect that um and yeah i mean what do you what do you think it says that daigo placed third at evo japan because previously he hasn't been placing top eight in street fighter 5 daigo is an enigma of a player he's always going to be good man and i think that he is starting to play his own game in Street Fighter V a lot better. And he's playing a character that, despite being Guile and being a little bit more one-dimensional, he's playing him in a way that is very true to who Daigo is, which I think is really cool. Like, he is just playing... He's just doing stuff that we've all, like, seen, but in a very just meticulously perfect way. The way that he's locking people down with fireballs. I remember that... Whatever like gif it was showing, I saw this gif after Evo Japan showing like, you don't have to change anything when you're ahead or something like that. And it's just Daigo throwing fireballs in this dude's face. And like anybody else, I just feel like would have jumped. But for some reason, Daigo just knew that this guy wasn't going to do anything and just locked this guy down and just destroyed him. And it was just that sort of like fighting game mentality where I'm looking at that. And I'm just thinking to myself, like only Daigo is doing this. But then at the same time, Daigo sort of like establishes himself that way. That every time he does something that looks random or like like a ume uh, flash kick or whatever they call it, it hits every single fucking it's so time. ridiculous every single time. So he'll just walk up and just uppercut you or something. Yeah. And you're like, wait, <laughs> why? <laughs> and then you can see the other character just get destroyed after that because they have they get so their mind off. game is gone. Yeah. I just yeah, I fucking I love seeing it. I love seeing somebody play that way. That like just that like grounded street fighter in a in a street fighter game that a lot of people are looking at and you know they're seeing characters like abigail and even you know some of the wacky shit that akuma does and thinking that like you know the game's all over the place but he's just kind of proving that you can have this sort of like foundational base and still do very well yeah and it was also cool to watch daigo's guile change depending on who he was playing because when he was playing tokido of course you've got that red fireball with akuma that hits multiple times so 
uh, it automatically changes Guile's um, fireball game. And then, of course, he eventually goes up against Infiltration in Loser's Finals, and Infiltration picked Monat, who could reflect fireballs. And to me, that was like the perfect counterpick for uh, playing yeah. against Guile, for playing against Daigo. And, and, you know, Infiltration did knock Guile out of, I mean, knock Daigo out of the tournament using uh, mm-hmm. Monat. And the grand finals was um, was infiltr- it was infiltration and Takushi, right? Yeah, yeah, which it. was awesome. I mean, it was cool to see a Rashid yeah. in the final um, in in the final in the grand finals, and to see him yeah. play Rashid was really cool. But you know, infiltration went on to win the tournament, and he did it with Jury, which is like yeah. a character who in in season one and season two was basically not viable. You know, it's very. I think it's. I think tiers in Street Fighter Five aren't that reliable, but I think it was pretty reliable on who was the bottom tier and Jury was there. And I know that you're a yeah. fan of playing Jury, Max. So two Definitely. things. What does it say that one infiltration just won an Evo and two yeah. he did it with Jury? Uh people tend to talk about Street Fighter Five like they're like like there are just these these unbeatable characters, right? Like we were just talking about Abigail. And how there's just like some of this crazy stuff these characters can do. But when I step back and I look at the the tier lists and like who is considered the best in Street Fighter Five, it is a surprisingly balanced game to me. Oh, I think I totally Street agree. Fighter Five is incredibly balanced for what it is. And like at the same time, I mean, there's still usually definitely those bottom two characters. There's like only a few characters that when I see in tournament, I'm like, what? Like really? They're playing that guy right now? There's only a couple of those, right? And Jury used to be somebody that I felt that way about, and I still feel that way about Jury, except for the fact that Infiltration has a history of making characters like this just seem to work. And I just, even in Ultra Street Fighter 4, when he pulled out a Hakan and smashed PR Balrog, that was nuts. Like in, yeah, top three, I believe it was for Losers Finals or something like that, like three or four years ago. I just, you know, that that's the kind of character player he is, that he utilizes people's unfamiliarity with characters or just like underestimation of characters. Right. So him, that combination is not necessarily surprising. And I think that it's cool. And I think that it really lets people know that like anybody on the list, at least right now seems to be pretty viable for the future of the game. And I think that that's, that's awesome. And I, and I love seeing Jerry. I think Jerry is an awesome character to watch. She has a lot of uh, flexibility with what she can do combo wise. So it seems to be always very interesting watching her on there. So, I mean, I'm I'm pretty stoked on it. So, nice. yeah, I thought that was an awesome start to uh, Street Fighter AE. But there were definitely some other games being played as well. Yep. Uh, Guilty Gear XR uh, was getting played. It was right before their big patch, so it's kind of like the final one before they patched uh, mm-hmm. uh, Revelator. So that was pretty cool to get to see. And I heard some stuff from you, but I want you to kind of take it from here, just because I know that you're kind of the the yeah. Guilty I mean, Gear I don't know expert. much about the history of Guilty Gear. I don't know much about mm-hmm. like the big stable of players who have like made a name for themselves, who are famous in the game. I'm trying to learn, yeah. you know. And if I say anything yeah, that sounds like just ignorant, like that's just a, a product of me being unfamiliar. And if we have any listeners who are super familiar with it, email in, let us know. But um, we had a pretty, from what I understand, epic grand finals between Nage and Omito. And Omito. Yeah. I became first familiar with last year at twenty seven in twenty seventeen Evo because he won and 
And yes, I'm very familiar with Omito as well. And, every, and being just from outside the community, I still know about that. Yeah, game. and every time I've watched Omito play, I've always considered him like one of the most amazing fighting game players I've ever seen because it literally looks like everything that guy does on the screen is perfectly executed and the decision-making is perfect as well. Like, he's the guy who is going to confirm off of everything. Like, a single touch is going to be a full combo. And, what, and like, his reversals are perfect always and like every time he does a reversal with john with johnny it comes out of nowhere it seems and it just always hits but nage is a guy who plays faust who is like a very unorthodox character and yeah. um from what i could understand from the commentary which was by the way fantastic it was uh, majin obama and um tasty steve doing commentary and those two guys yeah. are just infectiously charismatic um, but this was sort of like an East and West Coast rivalry on Japan, and I think there was a kind of a lot riding on it if you were tuned into those scenes. And Nage ended up coming on top, coming out on top with Faust, and seeing like seeing that level of play with a character like Faust was just amazing to me. It was like watching somebody play an instrument I'd never seen before and play like an amazing yeah. song that I know, you know. Um, yeah, and I, like I I can't tell you how excited I was to see Faust be so successful yeah. in this game or be so successful in this top eight, this one in particular. So it also just speaks for the fact that I think that the region itself, there's, you get more character diversity out there. Cause I think that guilty gear is a little bit more grounded in Japan than it is in America. So you get some of these more like just styles that you are not familiar with, which has been really cool to watch. So in, in watching that grand finals, like it kind of cemented in my head that I think guilty gear might be my favorite fighting game. Like, Ever. Yeah. Because I'm not surprised by that. At it's all. it's so difficult to me, at least. And there is such a large amount of possibility and like what you can do, how you can create mind games, the type of reads that are out there, the type of confirms that are out there. And then when I see these players who have dedicated dedicated their lives to it and what they're able to show when they compete it was just like to me i was like there's it doesn't get more exciting than this you know and yeah it was so fun to watch this top eight in japan where i saw players i'd never seen before and i was thinking back to when i got to play guilty gear in a japanese arcade against japanese locals and yeah. it was it was so much fun watching it and you know we had um machibo was in the winner's side he plays kai which is why i like to watch machibo um I don't know much about him. Apparently, he's like maybe maybe polarizing, maybe divisive. I think he's a very headstrong kind of person. I don't know much about him yet, but um, he's someone that is. So Kai is my is who I play in Guilty Gear, and so watching someone yeah. play Kai at that level is super fun to me. And the way that he plays that character is so amazing. I just take notes every time. Um, yeah. And so he was a lot of fun to watch. And then, of course, we had a guy who was playing Dizzy. His name was Rookie. And Dizzy is a character I never see in competitive play. She's incredibly unorthodox as well. So watching her was very fun. And then lastly, I want to give a shout-out yeah. to Kazunoko, who is the Capcom, I think, 2015 winner, Capcom Cup, um, mm -hmm. which is, of course, uh, based in Street Fighter. But this is a guy who consistently places top eight in Guilty Gear. And I think the fact that he is so competitive in both games is incredible to me you know and he plays yeah. raven who is like a very strong character who has a lot of uh idiosyncrasies in its play style and i love to watch him play raven because it looks so oppressive but watching someone place top eight and guilty Gear consistently place top eight and street fighter consistently is just the talent like i just have to hand it to the guy you know absolutely and i think that you can 
see the similarities in the way that he plays both games, which I think is really cool as well. Like you said, that sort of oppressive style. He plays Cammy in Street Fighter V, and he plays Raven. I think Raven's definitely a more oppressive character given the game that he's in. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Cammy does have pretty grounded footsies as well, which, of course, Kazunoko is very talented with as well. But you can kind of see that sort of like relentlessness that he plays in both games, which is very cool. And I, and I think he's... He is a good example of the idea that I think that playing another game doesn't take away from another game. Taking Playing one game doesn't take away from another game at all right. as a talented player. And your ability to differentiate them as you go from game to game definitely varies from person to person. And that definitely is a skill that Kazunoko has that some people might not. But it just, it's been, it just, I think it cements him as being one of the best fighting game players purely. Yeah. Because of that. Exactly. And just another shout out to the fact that when I look at the top eight of Guilty Gear, there's eight different characters. Oh, yeah, man. That's fucking awesome. It's that so is fucking cool. so tight. That's whenever that like rarely happens in a blue moon with Street Fighter. And when it does, it's like the most mind blowing thing ever. So, yeah, that's really cool that that happened in Guilty Gear as well. Guilty Gear is amazing, dude. Yeah, it's a great game. Oh, man. So anything else you have to say about Evo Japan, sir? No, I'm excited that it's on the calendar. I can't wait to continue to watch it in the years to come. I think it's great that it gives these local communities who have basically created the fighting game genre an opportunity to showcase themselves on a national stage. Um, And especially because I think it's going to create more transactions between an American um, community and the Japanese one. And, and even seeing the the commentators, for instance, talk about how fun it was to be in Japan and all the things that they're experiencing. Oh, yeah. and I had just been there and I was like, yeah, I, I totally, I understand yeah. the feeling of awe that you're in right now. And like, I would saw even yeah. on Twitter, like, Oh, if you know, I follow fighting game uh, FGC guys. And it's just like, if you're trying to get to the venue, here are the step-by-step instructions from the Ikabukuro station, take a left here, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, <laughs> I literally know exactly where these pictures were taken. And it's fucking yeah. killing me that I'm not there right now. You know? Yeah. Right. You're just a few days off from, yeah, that would have been yeah. super cool. But that like, yeah, that, that must feel very just surreal to like literally have just been in the location where it was taking place. Yeah, I was in the building. Like I, I specifically cool. went to that building because Ian was like, this is where they host Evo Japan. And I went and checked it out. So that's very cool, man. Well, maybe one maybe one of these years we can take a trip out to uh, Japan together just to go see Evo Japan. I'm kind of dying to go back. So, time. yeah, let's do it. Oh, yeah. Perfect. Perfect. All right, man. Well, we're running into the hour-long territory, which is cool. All right, we had a lot to say this time around. Definitely. Uh, man, I just I can't wait to get back and start playing some more sets between us. There's a little bit of some Dragon Ball Fighters action. Oh, man. yeah. I've been itching for it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, anything you want to say about that whiskey you were drinking before we head on out of here? Uh, yeah, dude. I mean, I like peated scotches, and I think a lot of people will draw the line at a scotch that's super peaty. And if they don't like peated scotches, then they usually like things that are like more sweet. Um, That's not what I look for. And the fact that this is sort of known as like one of the heaviest, most intense ones is why I want to try it. I do enjoy it. Um, I think it is fucking strong. It is heavy. You know, I poured up a pretty good glass. Think it's usually what I drink when I drink some of the other ones, but I can't. Like I already feel it, right? Like it's just. It's that <laughs> it's that intense. Um, it's right. got just flavors of super dark chocolate, uh, pepper, just like white pepper notes, yeah. cherry, dark like coffee, very smoky. Um, it's kind of sweet, but it's just incredibly rich. Um, there's even like a uh, like a salty brine to it. Um, so I think it's just one of the deeper, most rich 
scotches I've ever had, which is exactly how its reputation precedes it. And I've enjoyed it personally, but I can see how like, yeah, if you're not into scotch or if you're not into sort of, you know, more cigar uh, harshness flavors, then yeah, this isn't going to be for you, you know? Yeah, I feel you. It's a, uh, a connoisseur scotch, man. Maybe. Oh, man. So uh, before we head on out of here, do you want to do any emails? Do we want to save them for next time? Let's save them. I think uh, this is a good a good place to end. All right, man. Well, let's go ahead and wrap it up here. If you sent in an email, we'll definitely get around to it next time. Oh, special shout-outs, too, before we get out of here to uh, Ben Ebig, who he messaged me on Twitter recently just to ask me a few questions about Dragon Ball Fighters. He officially bought it today. Oh, yeah. So he's going to be playing. So shout-outs to him. Man, hopefully we can get some sets in pretty soon, Mr. Ebig. Uh, yeah, cool. Well, let's go ahead and uh, if you need to follow us for any reason, you can follow us at Witty Banter Show on Twitter. You can follow me at Probably Max. You can follow Chase at Bodacious Chase. Uh, if you want to go ahead and go just straight to the source, straight to the website, you can go ahead and go to www.wittybantershow.com. We have a list of all of our episodes, even the ones where we had a long lost host named Hunter on there, which are also very good. He's a great guy. Uh, yeah, cool, man. Well, let's go ahead and head on out of here, man. Beat up, beep, boop. Beat up, beep, boop. Oh. Beep, 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 beep,